All right, guys, let's talk about Jägermeister. They could have written a totally normal ad here, like a really classic ad. They could have talked about their history, the 56 botanicals. It could have been all salesy and cutesy, but they know you don't care. Jägermeister doesn't want to be like all those other ads you've seen and heard. They just wanted to say two things. Jägermeister is great, but everyone has been drinking it wrong. Damn, that's cold. Drinking it wrong? All right, if that's the case, how should we be drinking it? They are so glad you asked, and so am I, Dad. I'm here to help you. Ice cold is the answer, at zero degrees Fahrenheit to be exact. Ice cold shots of Jägermeister. That's it. That's all they want to tell you. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends or at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume, imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. Lots of things go better together. Hockey, food, golf, peanut butter and jelly, Gojo and Golik, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. What? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's a beautiful morning. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Gojo with Michael Oak Jr. And that is me. Uh, these are the holiday pods, so with me as always is not Brandon Newman today. He's enjoying the day after Christmas with his family, as we hope that all of you are. We appreciate everyone who's uh, downloaded, subscribed, rated, reviewed, all that good stuff. We hope you had a very Merry Christmas. We hope everyone had a very uh, happy and festive end to their Festival of Lights for the friends of ours that celebrate Hanukkah and whatever you celebrate around this time of year. We hope you got to do it safely. We know weather was a big factor for a lot of people. We hope you got to do it with your family, and we hope you got to do it in the most enjoyable way possible. I will say, personally, I enjoyed one of the first Christmases where my family made the full turn to directing all of our gift-giving energy towards a baby. My six-month-old nephew, Jackson, or almost as of today, six-month-old nephew, Jackson. Uh, So happy half-birthday, brother. Um, Directing all the gift-giving energy towards him. Post-gift-giving for adult family is incredible. All of the stress that people talk about with the Christmas holiday season when they try and go out here and laud Thanksgiving, I think is directly tied to this. And again, fortunate situation, obviously a, a lot of caveats that lead there and, you know, by all means, get down how you get down. But I'm just saying 
you can basically treat this as Thanksgiving part two. And we got the three football games yesterday and it can work out pretty well for whatever that's worth. Um, so, you know, again, hope you enjoyed all that one. As we mentioned, this was an interesting Christmas because of uh, a lot of factors. We'll have an interesting show for you guys today to reflect that. Uh, as we mentioned, these are the uh, Christmas podcasts, so we have pre-recorded a bunch of interviews. We are releasing Monday, Wednesday, Friday for this week, and we will be back in the new year in 2023, five days a week, Monday through Friday, as we have always been today. Very exciting one. Re-up the weekend observations crew, uh, for anyone unfamiliar, uh, back for about a year and a half stretch at ESPN, me and Stu Gotts from the Dan LeBetard show, uh, featuring Stu Gotts did a Sunday morning, seven or nine Eastern radio show together, um, on ESPN radio called weekend observations. And, um, it was great. And we liked it so much that we did it as a podcast for a while after. And now every so often we matriculated to the same room and just shout and ramble about almost nothing. So, uh, Sugats, uh, Billy Gill from the Levitard show and super producer, Mike EA, who some of you may know from sorry in advance, the Golik family podcast, or from his time at ESPN or any number of things, uh, all of us got together to just sort of BS about nothing and everything. It's the lazy river approach to the Stugat school of broadcasting. Uh, for any of you that might be new to that, welcome, just get in, let the river take you where it's going to go. For those of you veterans, you already know, and you're drunk on your inner tube getting ready to float down this thing. So I'm not too worried about you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, last this last weekend, I was fortunate enough to go to the Bucks, and uh, fortunate enough might not be the right word. I went with my dad to the Bucks and Cardinals game. He was calling for Westwood one and sort of embodied the weekend where it was strange. Normally this is where I finally tap back into Christmas day basketball and begin the NBA season. And if you're the NBA, you had, you had a great day by all accounts. I just didn't see any of it. And I feel like that's going to be a topic of conversation coming up this week. People are going to look and wait with bated breath for those NBA ratings versus what the NFL trotted out there on Christmas day, which is essentially one interesting game in the dolphins and the green Bay Packers. And then whatever we got out of the afternoon, uh, the Rams hanging 50 on the Broncos. And then, a Sunday night overtime game between the Cardinals and the Buccaneers that had 16 combined six or 32 combined points in regulation. It, like that wasn't the NFL's best foot forward and it's not going to matter because it's football, but for the NBA, like I did see, you know, you had the Warriors and uh, the John Morant, like Grizzlies, which awesome young rivalry, very excited for everything about that. These teams genuinely seems to hate each other. Clay Thompson uh, out here talking his shit, even though I don't know if he's very good at it. I think he just tries very hard at it. So uh, I, I wouldn't be discouraged if you're an NBA fan. It's just, you know, the NFL, we're, we're all sick with it. We can't help it. And it seems like between that, between the Bucks and the Celtics game, you got what you were looking for out of this thing. Maybe. Again, I'm saying all this without having seen it. NBA fans echoed your show on Twitter. You can tell me if I was wrong. Um, quick updates off the weekend, and then we'll get you guys into the interview. Um, tough weekend on the gambling front for me. 3-2-1, uh, and one, uh, which based on the new standard, not what I was looking for there. Uh, NFL, Lions minus 2.5. Philly plus 4.5. Cincy minus 3 versus New England. Uh, and in college football, Wake Forest minus two and a half over Missouri, Middle Tennessee State plus one over San Diego State. Hope you guys enjoyed Hawaii. 
that bowl game rocks. And uh, Houston minus seven ended up being a push uh, in that game. So, you know, survive in advance. We're going to head into the new year more than likely just under 500, 47, 52, and four on the season uh, for that one. And then uh, coming off the Christmas spirit, we'll do a quick uh, naughty or nice uh, list. Get you guys your morning coffee if you're someone who has done this daily with us. Um, these are a couple of things as you're sitting around on uh, Boxing Day or whatever the hell they call this in the States uh, with the rest of your family here. And you're looking for some stuff to talk about. Um, a little naughty or nice list from the NFL this weekend. Um, we'll go nice list to start. The Dallas Cowboys, uh, I think get a gift in that they beat the Philadelphia Eagles. The Eagles only have to win one of the final two games to clinch the one seed uh, and all of their hopes and dreams. Jalen Hurts should not see the field until the postseason. They're going to be able to win one of these last two games with Gardner Minshew at the helm. Like that was more than evident in a game where the Eagles didn't punt at all. They just turned the ball over enough for the Cowboys to go out here and get a win. The Cowboys right now, based on Sunday night football and what they did are set to face the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on the road in the wild card round, because that's how pro football works. Um, that feels like a gift based on who this year's bucks are, but these are historical forces at play and Tom Brady in the postseason potentially, we know, they still have to play the Carolina Panthers for that right next week in a game that's going to be wild now, considering what the Panthers did to the Lions. Um, if Tom Brady makes it to the postseason and the Cowboys are on the road, this has all of the psychological force of a devastating Cowboys loss in the wild card round. Um, naughty list will go the Miami Dolphins. Uh, Three back-breaking turnovers for Tua Tungavailoa in a loss to a Green Bay Packers team that did the sort of like Michael Myers horror movie thing that we've seen from a few NFL teams this season. You look at it, them, the Chargers, the Jags, what the Lions had been doing until this weekend. Um, I think this is actually a good chance to sort of reset the narrative around Tua, right? We have been riding too many highs and too many lows with that player, I think because we were trying to talk about him in a weight class above where he actually is. And I think everyone, even the most ardent Tua haters or defenders, I think even the most ardent Dolphins fan are probably willing to look at this situation with some more sober eyes and say, this guy's a you know good to very good NFL quarterback who's not going to transcend the system that you're in. Um, and it's a very good system right now, but it's one that as the year has gone along has gotten more tape on it. People are now seeing and being able to respond clearly going back to the conversations we had about the chargers and the 49ers and the defensive game plan that you can trot out versus this team and have some success. So there's been an adjustment made to this now, and it's often required, you know, a quarterback who can create outside of the circumstances of the offense. And that's just not who Tua is, at least not at this point in his career, as he's just now getting a chance to sink his teeth into an offense and a team that loves him back the way Mike McDaniel and company had. And so again, we don't need to, you know, he had a, a stretch of the season where he was playing in an MVP level. And then we've hit the more, I think, realistic and more emblematic portion of the season. Now where again, he doesn't stink. He's probably going to be the quarterback there going forward for a little while, but he's also not going to get talked about in the air with, you know, the Joe Burrows and the Josh Allens and that group of quarterbacks at the top of all of this. Um, nice list. The Jags are 
I'm willing to say guaranteed winning the AFC South now, the way we saw the Tennessee Titans play yesterday. Uh, Ryan Tannehill out for the rest of the season. Malik Willis in a quarterback just it may develop into a good player. Again, he's changing quite drastically what he did from college to pro, but it ain't going to be now. Uh, the way this Jags team is rolling, uh, Emerson Latsia, Jags fans, get ready to do the damn thing. Naughty list, Nathaniel Hackett and Cliff Kingsbury probably not going to be coaching their respective football teams next year. We had the article come out uh, talking about Cliff Kingsbury's perspective, more or less, in this Cardinal situation, the frayed relationship between him, reportedly between him and uh, star quarterback Kyler Murray, who's out for the rest of the year. Um, this notion that Cliff Kingsbury did not have the necessary materials to go out there and be successful. All I know is in a game where they had to start Trace McSorley, where they had a chance to actually win against Tampa Bay, there were a couple of moments where, yes, your team is incredibly banged up, especially along the offensive fronts. Your quarterback that you paid a bunch of money to is out. There were still a couple of moments towards the end of that game, particularly a third and short where they decided to pitch it instead of just handing it off to James Conner that seemed like spots that point back to coaching a little bit. And where there's smoke, there's usually fire with some of these things towards the end of the season. I know they just re-signed him, Steve Keim, who's on a leave of absence right now, and Kyler this offseason. But it doesn't seem like it's going good for Cliff, who may be the odd man out in a situation where they're just more married to the quarterback uh, at this point. And Nathaniel Hackett, 50 points dropped on your head on Christmas by the Baker Mayfield-led Rams in a season where they have just looked hapless, where your franchise quarterback that you paid a quarter bill for has looked wholly unhimself, but is still worth $250 million. Um, just mind-blowing. Kevin Clark over at The Ringer had a tweet weeks ago that said, you know, the dead cap hit for... Uh, Russell Wilson, if you want to cut him, is $36 million in 2026. That guy ain't going anywhere. They're going to have to shuffle the deck to try and get more out of him and that offense. Because we saw what happens if you don't. Uh, Randy Gregory punching a player from the Rams after in a post-game post scum. You had Dalton Reisner and Brett Rippian getting into it on the sideline after another sack was given up by the Broncos. Yeah, that's the backup quarterback who was not in at that point in time. I believe. So it's not great out there. And I don't know Nathaniel Hackett. I wish him well, but it just seems like this is prime for a one and done, despite whatever memos the NFL may want to send out. Um, and last but not least on the nice list from the weekend, we just mentioned it. Baker Mayfield probably punched his ticket to backup land. Like the most incredible place. If it's what your heart desires, you can be in the NFL a uh, capable backup who's shown in a couple of instances they can still be viable in a couple of game sample size as a starter. We said it in this podcast about a week ago. Baker Mayfield has the Ryan Fitz magic in him if he wants to take this journey to journeyman land where he is just good enough to be that option that teams seek if they've got a situation that's a little bit volatile. They want to bridge a young quarterback in. He seems to have that stuff. And if Baker Mayfield, again, chooses that, Maybe he still wants to start. Maybe this stretch of play will be good enough to give him an opportunity. But at the very least, if he wants it, I think he is getting closer to realizing my dream for him to go out here and be a new age Ryan Fitzpatrick. Backup quarterback, a ton of personality, ability that's just good enough to have these wild highs and lows on the roller coaster. 
like we saw yesterday, a 37-point win by the Rams, the largest by any team on Christmas Day in NFL history. They joined the 2020 Saints as the only team to record a 50-point game on the holiday. Um, and last but not least, since it's Monday and we do roses around here, uh, let me give a rose to Mike Tomlin head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers, who is inevitable. Mike Tomlin, who ends up getting a win this weekend with the Steelers, gets ready for a Sunday night game that got flexed there against the Ravens next week, with the Steelers still somehow having playoff hopes in the midst of this AFC picture, starting off the season 3-7, and seven, now sitting there at 7-8 and eight in a way that would not make sense for anyone else but Mike Tomlin. Because again, Mike Tomlin, he of the very famous stat, of never finishing below 500 as an NFL head coach, managed to beat the Raiders 13-10 to 10, uh, at the end of this game. Kenny Pickett led them on a solid drive to go and cap this thing off, and a very Merry Christmas for everybody in Pittsburgh. Um, that's a quick look at the weekend. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we are going to get in the lazy river with Stu Gotts, Billy Gill, Mikey A, and the Weekend Observations crew. Hey, Dad, what do you do when you're out with friends? The waiter comes up and tries to take everybody's order, but the whole table freezes up, and everyone's looking at each other trying to find some help. Mm, that's a great question. So what, what should I do? You should have some confidence, Dad, or as our friends at Jägermeister call it, shotfidence. If everyone's having trouble ordering, here's what you do. You take charge. You grab the bull by the horns. You find that dog in you, and you make an executive decision. And just order for the table a round of ice-cold Jägermeister shots. Damn, that's cold. Because apparently, we've all been drinking Jägermeister wrong. Did not know that. How should we be drinking it? Glad you asked, Dad. We should be drinking it ice cold at zero degrees Fahrenheit. Well, that brings up other things that I love ice cold as well. And I'll tell you right out of the gate, that's going to be a candy bar pulled out of the freezer. That's my way of eating candy. Oh, I love it. On the golf course out there, you get to the turn in the middle of the round there, and you get to that little clubhouse there, and they've always got the candy bar options, and I always see they've usually got a little box of them in the freezer, and it always makes it better on a hot day out on the golf course, taking a bite of that cold, cold chocolate and getting ready to go for the rest of my round. It's the same way with Jägermeister. So wherever you are, if you're hanging out with friends at the bar, call the shots. Cheers with ice-cold shots of Jägermeister. Damn, that's cold. And remember to check out Jägermeister at www.draftkingsxjägermeister.com. Remember, drink responsibly. Jägermeister liqueur, 35% alcohol by volume. Imported by Mast Jägermeister US, White Plains, New York. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And now that the Boston Celtics have slayed the boogeyman in the Miami Heat, Boston fans will feel a little bit more confident about the situation. You can decide right now, and if you're new to DraftKings, you can also check this out. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code GOJO. That's code GOJO for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. That's 467-369. 
In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Uh, was like a little hole-in-the-wall gym at like a little it was like almost like a shopping center right and because it was like serious it was like mirrors on all the walls and there was like no machines it was just like weights and it was like the bars and everything you had to set everything up yourself and then i went to la fitness and i realized like okay so the gym for most people is just walking around and it's a fashion show like i don't know when it is that you get in the shape to just walk around looking like this but that's what this gym is it's when you get into mikey c shape that's when I mean, the second floor. <laughs> yeah, second floor shape. Second floor guy. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's it is true because it's like in all the fitness ads where you see all these people. On, I'm like, I know a Bowflex didn't get you that body. It's, I, <laughs> but Lord knows I tried it. <laughs> I want to. Um, I want to. And it's, it's obviously going to be an uphill battle for me. I want to get paid to be in good shape and work out because I feel like that's the only way that I would do it. You know what I mean? Like that's the only way that I would have time at this point if it was my job to be in really good shape because like me and my wife have a Peloton. So I'll do that. I can go. I could ride the bike for half an hour. I can go and I can do like the stretching classes, the core classes and stuff like that. But like if I want to go and like pump actual like weights and like get super jacked and almost to the point where I'm like roided I feel like I would need to have like a sponsor so I could just be like yeah this is for work like I can't be editing stupidity today I need to be at the gym this is my job now I'm a professional weightlifter so someone has to pay you essentially is what you're saying yeah it would have to be it's not that they would have to pay me because that's my only incentive but I would need to put in the time that a full-time job would have you know what I mean to get in shape at this point yes well, a hundred percent. Like that's it reminds me of my dad loved making the joke every football Sunday when he was doing the morning show, where my mom was never asking my dad to do anything. Like she knew the drill. She'd been around long enough, but it would never stop my dad from making the joke. Sorry, gotta watch this for work. Like he's gotta sit down and watch seven hours of commercial free football because he's gotta know it for the next day. And so now if your wife gave you any grief about walking out the door going to the gym, it's like, sorry, honey, I gotta pay the bills. Like I, right. I gotta get this done. That's what Billy's saying. Yes. It becomes a full-time job for Billy. And so therefore, right. But, he has a built-in excuse. Like, yeah, I gotta go to the gym. You know, no, but like, stuff. we were saying before that it's kind of weird. I, mean, I don't want to be judgmental, but it's kind of weird for like people that are like, what you're going to be. That that's like their <laughs> whole identity is like going to the gym. Right. But it's a job for a lot of people. Right. Especially like influencers, because like they're selling all of the, the different products, clothes, like leggings, uh, supplements, whatever. So like that's their job. They just get to go up and go to the gym like. How great is that? Because like we should be going to the gym just to be healthy and kind of exercising or whatever, right? And it's like it, they just have to get up and go to the gym every day. It and makes then they you look wonder great. why Chris it's, Cotter does awesome. it. I mean, seriously, and Ryan Rosillo, <laughs> what is he doing it for? I mean, <laughs> Rosillo should have some sort of like. Oh, I'm certain he does. Right? I, I would he think Rosillo has some sort of like Mike. You imagine he has some sort of gym sponsor, right? He better. I felt so bad the other day. I was driving around because I live in the same area as Rosillo now, and I haven't seen him him yet. No, I haven't (laughs) seen him yet, but I rolled up to a traffic light, 
and a guy rolled up next to me. And you know how when people have the same car as you on the road, I don't know if you guys experienced this where people like throw you the high sign when they're driving past you. So like when I see other people that are driving the same car as me, a lot of them will just like give you a little wave. It's like, oh, we chose to buy the same car. Does that not happen to you guys? What kind of car is it? Yeah, yeah, no, no, it happens to me. Uh, My daughter wanted a Jeep, a Jeep Wrangler. And anytime I drive that Jeep and pass someone else who has a Jeep and I hate it and it makes me sick to my stomach and I don't do it in return. But yes, they'll wave to me because like or honk or, you know, flash their lights like, hey, we have the same car. And I'm like, I don't give a shit, you know? Yes, because I drive a Bronco and I've still gotten it from Jeep people, too. Really? Wow. Yeah. 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 The Jeep Anything cult. where you can take the top off, all of a sudden right. people are like, oh, hey, brother, good to see you. Wait, yes. your Broncos top comes off? Yep. Wow. So I, mm. when I saw the Broncos were coming back, I wanted a Bronco so bad. I have a, a 2013 Hyundai Sonata, so it's very different than a Bronco. So I saw <laughs> when the Broncos were coming back, I wanted it so bad, right? And then I went to Detroit to do the Miguel Cabrera thing, and I took my wife and my daughter with me. And then we had to like rent from the car rental place, a car seat, and we had to fill it. And then I was like, man, this car, like I thought this would be awesome. When you have a kid, you have so much shit that it didn't all fit in the Bronco. I'm like, I need something massive just to fit the diaper bags and to fit the car seat. And when we get back home, we have two dogs. And then what if we have another kid? Like I couldn't fit it all in a Bronco. Oh, Billy, this past weekend, I had to drive. So my dad was in town calling the Chargers Dolphins game for Westwood one. And I went to the game with him. I hadn't been to SoFi. I wanted to go over. And so his crew was going over from their hotel. And my dad was like, the rental car is not big enough. Can we take your car over there? And I'm like, sure. I got a backseat in this thing. It's the two door. Getting four people into my car was like a full clown car situation. And I didn't have enough trunk space for all their bags. And I felt really awkward the whole time trying to get the seat forward far enough. And they still, like, they weren't big guys and they're trying to squeak out. And I was like, wow, this is a really selfish car for me to have. It serves only me and no one It's else. your car. You're not, you're, listen, you didn't buy it with the idea of picking people up and schlepping them all over town. I mean, come on, man. I've By the way, won- life's. Go ahead. No, no, you go. I was going to say life stage uh, disparity here. You talking about pulling up to somebody and waving to somebody who's got their car. I drive a sensible three, you know, third row seat car with a bunch of car seats and diaper bags in it. When I pull up the next to somebody who's driving the same thing, we all just kind of look down and like, what the fuck happened to my life? It's a look of sadness. You're right. (laughs) The minivan look of sadness. (laughs) I've always wanted a Jeep Wrangler, but it feels like I wouldn't have enough trunk space. And I just know that like, I wouldn't call myself a hoarder. I just say I'm prepared for anything. So I have lots of things on hand. Like I have I have in the back of my car because my wife uh, has a little cousin who now is like 12 or something. Right. But when he was like four or five, he would go to like baseball practice. So I went to Dick's and I bought one of those giant tubs of baseball. So in the trunk of that car, I still have like 60 baseballs. I have golf clubs. I have racquetball equipment. I have like anything. Not a hoarder though. <laughs> What'd you say? I mean, not a hoarder, though. I like listen. Roy is sitting ne- Bill- Gojo, I'm sorry. Roy is sitting right next to me, and when Billy said that, we both started shaking our heads. Mm-hmm. You're I'm not a for- hoarder. I'm You're ready for a hoarder. No, I'm ready for any adventure, and I couldn't do that with a Jeep Wrangler, Mikey. So my wife, we got her a car. I'm wondering what kind of car you have with a third row seat, because that seemed like very important now that we have a child is the third row, and we very ended important. up getting for her a Mazda. 
the Odyssey. G- I just heard Roy the Odyssey. Roy the Odyssey. The Odyssey is the way to go. Yeah. You have a yep. you have a CX nine. No, I don't. Um, I went to test drive it, and I didn't make it out of the parking lot. I came to the guy, and I go, I don't fit in this, and I handed yeah. him the keys. So we got we got one of those. My dream, I know I've told you my dream, and I've already told you three different cars. A minivan would suit me so well because oh. I don't care about impressing absolutely anyone. And right. I've told this story a number of times. But like, I have a cousin who's the same age as me. And when we were like 25 or something, he broke up with his longtime girlfriend. So like that summer... We were going out a lot and we went out in his mom's minivan like four or five times. And it was like four guys and it was this minivan. It was amazing because the, the second row was like pilot seats. So like we were living mm-hmm. like kings, just like stretching out, going out to Coconut Grove just to like go to a bar. And the it's best. not like we were being like, oh, let's get like a bunch of people and bring them back. with us. It was it was nothing like that. It was just like, man, we have so much leg room in this. This is awesome. So right. much room for activities. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah, like you know what they need weed. though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they need more minivans with all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive for us. Really? For us people who have to drive in the snow up here. Go, Joe, I got a minivan after my kids. After yeah. my kids grew up. Yeah. <laughs> Just more space to fill with smoke, baby. Just more space to fill with smoke. I by the way, speaking of all, all of this reminded me. I came across this book. I was looking to go buy books for my nephew. He's six months old. He can't read, but his parents read to him, and I just need something to get him. And I came across this book, and it speaks to like everything you guys were talking about, but still felt a little fucked up that they would actually write it. My dad used to be so cool. Oh. <laughs> like we're really saying the quiet part loud now aren't we and like the best up part because i was curious and so i popped open the book the whole point of the book is like yeah your dad sacrificed everything that he loved about life for you i'm like i don't think that's supposed to be like a good moral like congratulations your father's guilt gonna trip. yeah your father's gonna work through years of resenting you for ending his career as a rock and roll star <laughs> fucked up book when did your dad become uncool to you mike <laughs> oh, great question i mean i, I think i think it was most pronounced because it wasn't like uncool as much as it was i saw his clear unwillingness to do certain things when we were doing the morning show together that was where i learned how different we were because right. I learned all the stuff that my mom has gotten thrown in her lap all these years. Like anytime a password doesn't work right or anytime he can't open up something the right way. Stu, I'm sure you guys have seen it hopping onto Zooms with him, Mikey A, where the minute something breaks down, (laughs) now all of a sudden it gets dumped to somebody else. And he always makes the point. He's like, I could learn and I should learn how to do it, but I've always got so-and-so here. Like he has gotten so good at just deftly offloading all of that shit onto us. And so I just saw it firsthand every day there doing the morning show. <laughs> I believe I arrived there um, roughly when my kids turned like 15 or 16, where I was so cool to them for so long and then became a complete embarrassment. And what you have to do is just sink into it. And try to embarrass them at all costs. Like, that's what you have to do. That's what, for me, that's all I have left in life. That and the Jets. I mean, that's about it. I I thought that you were going to make fun of Mike's dad's uh, learned helplessness, let's call it. But, Gojo, two days ago, I'm not even joking, two days ago, Stugatz was like, I don't know how to make tea. Like, I I can't make tea. We were in the studio. We're like, well, you get a cup. 
And he's like, I know, I know. He's like, but I can't do it. Can someone do it? And we're like, no, let's walk through this together. Because well, Whittingham has... usually does it for yeah. me, Bill, in my defense. He, and he was he, out that day. And so he always has Whittingham do it for him. But again, it's making tea. We have the cups, we have water, and we have the tea bags. And he's like, I don't know how to do it. And we're like, okay, we got this. Like, calm down. We'll get through this together. So we're like, okay, get the cup. We have one of those like water right. uh, like right. dispensers, right. and it has a hot side and a cold side. So it's not even like he needs to go to a microwave or anything. It's like the hot water exists. So it's like, okay, just you put your cup here where the hot water is, right? So he goes, he puts it there, and we're like, okay. And I just put the tea bag in the tea and let it sit, and you're good. And he's like, wow. <laughs> Yeah, can't wait for can't wait for Woody to come back. Yeah. No, the best part. No, the best part of the story is the next day after learning how to do it, I asked uh, Jer Bear, Jeremy yeah. Jeremy to do it again. Yeah, <laughs> hey, you should definitely know how to make tea, but I'll bet right. there tastes nothing better than a tea made by Whittingham. Oh, like I just oh, imagine it's just oh, next level, right? With tea. Oh, oh yeah. my God, the love, the care that he puts into a cup of tea. It's absolutely, it's second to none, to be honest with you. <laughs> I feel like Witty approaches his tea the way that the very, like, most ardent coffee drinkers approach, like, hand-selecting the best beans and grinding it on their own. Like, whatever you can do to that end for tea is probably Witty's process. Yes, yeah. Fancy young lad. I mean, <laughs> he is a he is a fancy young lad. Um, by the way, uh, welcome to Gojo with Michael Golick Jr. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, this is a holiday <laughs> podcast, so none of these are supposed to make sense anyway. They're all one-offs oh. that I did with my friends, uh, Stu Gotts, Billy, Mikey A. The gang's all here. I honestly had no idea which podcast we were doing. Like Stupidity, God Bless Football, Gojo. I haven't stopped talking since Saturday. Like, Sorry like, in so, advance. So you got, yeah, I'd say download, subscribe, rate, and review. Do you ever yeah. feel like you only exist on podcast form yes. or in like some, like I, I've, and I feel like you guys can all appreciate this as, People that are now outside of ESPN, you guys over at Meadowlark have been really for the last year and a half doing all this on your own. And I just feel like I'm constantly selling audio out of the trunk right now, which means I'm always talking with somebody like my parents now have a running joke. When my mom calls, if I send her right to voicemail, the minute I call her back, the first thing she says is you were doing a podcast, weren't you? And the answer is always yes. Yes. Uh, somehow this has felt like more work than we were at ESPN. It's crazy. Am I wrong, Bill? It's like I'm always talking. I'm always speaking into something. Are you worried that you're going to run out of things to say? Yes. It's like it's something that I think I'm like, I'll go, I'll do whatever podcast you want. But like, I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Like, I've said everything. <laughs> when I was thinking about this today, I'm like, if they come to me and they're like, what do you want to talk about? It's like, my daughter's been sick. I've been watching a bunch of kid movies. I'm glad I had a kid because I never would have watched these movies before. Sing two, incredible. Billy. I didn't I didn't see Sing One, but Sing Two was amazing. So I'll tell you Sing this. Sing one far better. Sing one really? way, way better movie. Way really? better movie. Wow. Because uh, you get you get the putting the band together. And I think every song-based movie, and this is a lot of my pitch perfect coming out, is defined by the audition scenes that you have and you mm. don't get the audition scenes in sing two, but I will say all of sing two is worth it just to get Halsey singing that song in the performance at the end of that. I forget what her character is. The Fox whose dad's like the evil or the wolf. Yes. Whose yeah, dad's yeah. the wolf. evil overlord of the company. But when she sings that cover of the struts, 
I am transported. That's the best part of the whole movie for me. Wow. So I need to see Sing 1 just because it's better. I was like, this movie's awesome, but Sing 1, I have to pay to rent, and Sing 2 was free. So I'm like, we're going to do right. Sing 2. And my my daughter's <laughs> a year and a half, so she doesn't really know. She just likes the music, and she dances, and like it's great entertainment. So I should go back and see Sing 1. Today I saw a movie called Home, which is Rihanna's a little girl, and there's an alien, and they're like saving the planet. But she was like kind of sick when this was going on, so I missed a lot of the key plot points. So I'm going to have to go back and watch it again. Really? Yeah, but kids movies are awesome. I'm glad I had a kid just because I could watch all these movies that I missed out on. Like, I didn't even know about this Sing phenomenon until one time we went to a theater and I saw that Sing 2 was coming out. I'm like, that seems that seems good, I guess. Right. But I don't have a kid, so I'm not going to watch this. Now that yeah. I have a kid, I can watch all the kids' Billy. movies. Yeah. Wait till you get to be able to do kids' TV shows because the new DuckTales was amazing. Really? It was incredible. Squarehead. They gave Huey, Dewey, and Louie their own personalities. Hmm. So they we weren't just three ducks. We we tried for <laughs> at least until she was like a year to not really do lots of TVs and screens and stuff like that. Like that's what they had recommended. Um, but we eventually caved to like a year. So like she's watching more now. We started with Coco Melon, but they say that's like really bad because it's like just overstimulating the kids constantly. So I mean, if you're like Coco Melon, people don't sue us. But that's what they said is that I guess it like overstimulates the kids. So we tried to move away. And the one thing that she likes, and it's like the weirdest thing. And I was talking to Pablo Torre about this at Moss the other day, which is the strangest conversation to tell you I was having with Moss. I haven't seen Pablo in probably three years because of the pandemic. And he and this is what you talked about. This is what we, this is what we talked about is I told him, I we were talking about being a parent because he's, you know, a parent too. He has, I think like a two or three year old. So we were talking about being dads. And I was telling him like the show that my daughter likes the most right now. And it's so strange. And I don't know how we got it to happen is like 1990s Barney. Like we just oh, play Barney no. for her. She loves Barney. Like she seems Barney's to like great. The, the human shows better than like the cartoon. So like we showed her Coco Melon. We showed her some of these other ones. And then we got to Barney really likes Barney and the sweetest thing that she does. And it's like my favorite thing is when the I Love You song at the end comes, just because she sees the kids hug Barney, all that, no matter what's going on, as soon as she hears the music, she looks for one of us to go up to and like hug. And then sometimes she'll give us a kiss and it's like, oh, oh Barney. Wow. I love you, Barney. Like, this is such a great moment. Uh, Get you a VHS player for uh, seriously. For Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah. You know what? I should, because there's only like three seasons. So we've watched every episode like 30 times already. It's funny because one of the uh, the big things when my kids were growing up was High School Musical. And mm. so they loved it. Like, they couldn't watch it enough. And I loved it so much that I would watch it without them. I'm making a yeah. shameful admission. <laughs> Zach Efron, man. Stu Gatz. We're all in this together. Oh, listen, Zach Efron <laughs> continues to age really well. I mean, him and... Um, what was it? Uh, it wasn't a 90210. It was the Baywatch remake. Hubba oh, Hubba. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you hubba, see, hubba, did you see, he has a new movie coming out where I think he's playing like a wrestler from the 70s. So he had like this weird like 70s haircut. He, his body is way too jacked. Like, there's no way that any human should look the way that Zac Efron looks. <laughs> what? You're going to tell me next Joe Rogan's going to come out and say Zac Efron's taking steroids? And I'm going to be surprised then, too. Like, I, I didn't see the clip and I didn't listen to his podcast. I just saw the headline where it's like Joe Rogan says The Rock uses steroids. It's like, mm, yeah, probably. <laughs> but uh, Billy, you asked me, Billy, you asked me if I ever worry about, well, I have nothing else to say. Yeah, uh, I will tell you that I am fresh off a glorious segment in which we did 
fire hydrants and bowling balls in sports. <laughs> like, it oh. was amazing. How does like, that 45 work? 45 minutes of Kirby Puckets and Robert Newhouses. I mean, mm. uh, Maurice Jones drew. We were oh, just trying to MVP. figure out who's a fire hydrant and who's a bowling ball. And Roy, we started off with Kirby Puckett, who I think someone suggested was a fire hydrant. And Roy correctly um, changed it to he's a bowling ball. Mm. And I think Kirby Puckett is like the definition of bowling ball athlete. So I guess to answer your question, the only reason I bring it up is there's always something to talk about, Billy, because I have never been so <laughs> my entire life. Okay. Oh, like my Uncle Bob. I've been in our show in a decade. <laughs> my Uncle Bob, fire hydrant. Wow. Really? He's the one in fact, he, he said being a nose tackle in the NFL is being a fire hydrant in a dog show. Oh, wow. Uh, Jim Burt. Now, no one's going to understand that, but that's kind of a fire hydrant. He was a nose tackle for the Giants back in the 80s. <laughs> Whittingham would get so mad at me right now. Did you know? I only go back to the 80s. He asked, did you watch sports after 86? I'm like, nah. <laughs> did you know uh, Marcus Freeman was on with us a couple of times and you have a relationship with him as well? Did yeah. you know that he's like a fan of your Uncle Bob? Like we were talking about. Bob. I thought you were talking to me in my relationship with Marcus Freeman. Yeah, no, you don't have one of those. No, he was. He was so excited when he, we asked us like, "How many goals have you met?" And he's like, "I met Bob from Safe by the Bell." And we're like, "Ah, be careful! I don't think he likes that." <laughs> hey, man, it doesn't matter if he likes it or not. That's been the number one word association with my last name since I was a little kid. Like the height of Mike wow. and Mike when it was at its absolute biggest, and people would see my last name like, "Was your uncle in the college years?" I'm like, he wasn't even on the good save by the bell, and people yeah. know that. That's just a reminder of how much bigger pop culture is than sports. That lasted like nine episodes. Yeah. Did your friend did your friends or like people in high school find it cool that your dad was hosting the biggest uh morning show in America, sports radio show in America? Um, most of my friends didn't because they knew him and they knew me, so they kind of just knew him as Mr. Golick. Right. But I think other people probably did. I think so. Yeah, I like my daughters when they realized how much their friends in high school in particular loved me and our show. That was a bad day when they told me like my daughter started to realize, listen, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree, Mike, that they can leverage that into whatever guy they wanted. <laughs> like, oh, wow. That's I hate see, them. that's a he that's a heady wow. play. I didn't think I about it them, from that perspective, know. because people were always like, man, I bet growing up like that, like. You, you know, you probably like, and even now, like doing this job, they're like, you probably get DMs from tons of girls. I'm like, I get DMs from 25 year old guys <laughs> right. asking me to come on their podcast. <laughs> Those are what my inboxes are chock full of. So we're a different type of celebrity. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I'm very the celebrity you don't want to be. <laughs> no, it's not like being a musician. Like <laughs> I'm very surprised to guys, and I don't want to sound like rude. And I mean, it's good for us. Like. I'm surprised there's like high schoolers that listen to the show. Uh, they do. I, like, yeah, listen, they're friends. It surprises me. It's well, like we've got it old. No, but but Billy, the way it works is like for me, the way I got turned on to sports radio, Mike and the Mad Dog was sitting in my dad's car. He was driving me to and from yeah. practice, lacrosse practice, basketball practice, whatever. And he had him on. And so I was listening by extension. And then I became a fan of theirs. And then once I could drive. I would start to listen to them on my own. And I think some of that happened where their dads were listening. They were in the car. And then once they could drive, they took a liking to the show. They listened. And yeah, they liked me. Like they wanted to meet me. And my and my daughter seized on those opportunities. Like they really did. 
It's like, I can get you what you want. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> it cost you. Much to my chagrin and to their credit, you know? <laughs> that was always my favorite when uh, I would be out in public with my dad and then other dads would bring their very young kids up and be like, oh, he wants to take a picture with you. And my dad's always like, that kid has no idea who I am. You want to take a picture with me. Just say you want to take a picture. <laughs> Uh, I'm taking many a pictures <laughs> for my daughters. I mean, <laughs> it's so bad, uh, but they, they have grown to appreciate it. And even in college now, um, they get, I was going to ask know, about that, Stu Gatz, yeah. how that's gone. College kids are still listening to us, thankfully. You know? The last time I talked to you, though, was when you were trying to, I think, subvert uh, some guy that your daughter had met on move-in day. Wasn't there something that happened where you were trying to set the tone on move-in day? To try yeah. and like keep guys away there. How did baseball that go? Player, right? That's right. Yeah, baseball, was a baseball player. player. Yeah, I said, listen, this is the room where everyone strikes out. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> how did how did year one of or how did fall one of college dad life go for you? Uh, but Mike, I w what I would also do is they would stop at the room and like they're trying to be nice. Okay, I'll answer your question in a second. Yeah, here. don't worry about the yeah, questions. Yeah, just but they, they, they listen, listen. Okay, we're men here, right? Oh, Lord, where is this okay. going? They're 18 years old. They're stopping at my daughter's dorm room. They're, you know, introducing themselves. But we know what's going on inside, okay? We know what they're thinking. We know what they're checking out. We know what they're looking for when they go into the dorm. No one's that nice. No friendship. One... <laughs> no, yeah. right, friendship. They're looking for you. You're famous. <laughs> right, they were looking for me. And I would just walk up to them and be like, hey, guys, keep it moving. This is the room where everyone strikes out, the baseball players. And then I'd see him again. And I do this. And so Michael had to describe it, but I I did this. Like I saw him walking down the hallway, oh, pointed at my eyes, <laughs> pointed at them. Oh, Gave him the old Robert De Niro. My eye Robert De Niro. I'm watching you. <laughs> and and they, they thought you were joking, but since then you've visited your daughter every weekend since. So they know that you weren't Hell playing yeah. around. You're there Listen, every weekend. You also search. You, you, you try to find a smart kid who wants to make some money and you oh, seek him boy. out. OK, but he's also got like somewhat of, a, you know, like an athletic body. OK, and you got to find that kid. You give him a couple of hundred dollars and you say, Listen. The girl right over there. See her. She's mine. No, like, My daughter. Like yeah. Yeah. Make sure she's OK. Protect her, keep her out of harm's way. I did that. I do. I have a kid the in the joke's payroll. gonna be on you when like the next holiday them, comes. I gotta send them a W9. I mean. The joke's gonna be on you when the next holiday comes and your daughter brings that person home, and it's like, Yeah, you've been paying me to date your daughter all of these years. That'd be okay. I like I hand selected this person, he's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, to, him, Bill. to Billy's point earlier, paid incentives, it's the best way to get stuff done. He got you, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> Paid to get in shape. Oh, Paid my to... God. I feel like they would pay me to get in shape, but I still wouldn't get in shape. You know? Well, wait, Stu Gotts, I do have to ask on that end because me and Mike Yeh were talking before this, and yeah. he brought up that at one point when he was doing a show with you, he was sitting, because I said I jumped on with you. This will release a couple weeks after, but I jumped on with you guys in the Levitard show, and it was 6 o'clock my time local, so I woke up like you before weekend observations, like eight minutes before I was supposed to be on, and I just poured some coffee into this mug and wandered over. And Mike Yeh said, oh, well, one time I was drinking coffee around Stu Gotts, and he coffee shamed me, and I went to take a sip, and he went, that's not good for you. 
<laughs> he what? says, what are you drinking in that cup? What? I was like, eh, just I one did, more Roy. to coffee. He goes, wow. That's not good I did that. <laughs> Roy, tell the audience, tell everyone how many espressos I have a day. Uh, what, six? I yeah. knew it. Yeah. I double. knew it. The double. Six doubles. <laughs> Every time I'm on the phone with him and it's like, Stugatz, we got to record in 20 minutes. He's like, oh, buddy, I just walked into Starbucks. I'll be home in five. <laughs> He's always at Starbucks. <laughs> I was just looking out for Mikey A, though. I mean. Yeah. It's like, Stugatz, you 100% Where were you my just... freshman year of college? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say Stugatz had read an article, but there's no way. He had read one of the new headlines that right. comes out with an article every six months about if coffee is or isn't good for you at that no idea. juncture of science. I don't yeah. even know anymore. It gives me energy. I mean, it makes like me happy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But there is something funny about the guy who goes to dead shows, smokes weed and cigarettes yeah. uh, and six espressos a day telling Mikey, hey, cup of coffee. No good. Hey, what is that coffee? No good for you. Stu Gatsu once showed me his dinner when Abby was away. That was a bag of Cheetos, a bottle Mm. of tequila, and weed. Oh, oh, what a night. (laughs) And what's wrong with that? (laughs) I see nothing wrong with that. Seems like heaven, no? It's not heaven. It's Stugatz's house. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. By the way, right. to go all the way back to my original point, when I pulled up to that stoplight in the Bronco and I thought that guy was waving me on there, I said I felt bad because he rolled down his window. I thought he was doing the high sign thing and ask me where and when I got the Bronco because he had a Bronco. He actually looked at me and said, Rusillo, what's going on, man? And I thought, oh, no, no way. Well, and I felt no. bad because I wasn't like, it's middle of football season. I'm not in great shape. And so now this guy's going to go for like, yeah, right. I saw Ryan Rusillo the other day. Kind of looks, looks like, like he's letting shit. himself go. And <laughs> I know Rusillo like works so hard on his body. <laughs> you have more hair than Rusillo. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> oh, so man. unnecessary. I mean, I shave my head. Rusillo kind of still rides it out. I have a lot of respect yeah. for that. Uh, so do I. So you haven't seen Rosillo though, right? No, not once. What do you think you do if you saw Rosillo? Like if you saw Rosillo, but Rosillo didn't know that you had seen him. Like you're, you know, you like would you say hi to him? Yeah, I'm asking for a reason. I saw Colin Cowherd at Dana Point, California. I saw him. He didn't see me. I sprinted away from him like he was the plague. Okay. Why? <laughs> because Billy, he'll box me in, and all of a sudden, I'm on vacation with my kids. He'll box me in with a cup of soup in his hand, even outdoors in California, and he'll corner me and he'll ask me about the UM recruiting class. Every <laughs> single time I saw Colin the whole Cowher, show. I know. Every time I saw him, he would he always had a cup of soup. He was always walking around doing, uh, I don't know, whatever. And he would corner me <laughs> and ask me about the canes like I'm some sort of hurricane expert. And I, just because I was from Miami. And so I saw him. And I went the other way. I, I just didn't want to deal with the conversation. You know, you're going to get five hot takes. You know, how you doing? Small talk. He doesn't really care. He doesn't care about your podcast. He only cares about his. The Blazing oh. Five. I mean, I, I didn't want to deal with it, you know? <laughs> Stu Gatz, it's so funny that you mentioned that because you're right. Like, I, I do that a lot, not just with, like, other people that work in the industry, I used to actively try and avoid my neighbors when I lived in Connecticut. Like if I walked out to my porch and I saw them out there, I would go back in and I would wait till they were gone just so I could get to where I was going without having to talk to anybody. But per, like specifically with Rosillo, the only place I used to see him when we were in Connecticut was at the gym. We both belonged to the same gym. Right. And anytime I would walk up there, Rosillo and I 
don't really know each other super well, but like we were familiar enough. We were around the same place. There's not that many people that live in Connecticut. And I would walk into the gym and every time I would see Ryan, he'd be sitting down and I'd ask him like, Hey Ryan, what's going on, man? How's everything going? And it would just be this, well, and then we would spend 45 minutes commiserating about whatever had gone on at work or whatever one of us was upset about. And then all of a sudden I'd be like, well, I just warmed up and then got cold. So now I'm just going to go home. Like I'm not going to work out at all today. And so it used to be when I would see Ryan in the gym, I would just kind of stop what I was doing because it was too small for us to avoid each other. And I knew 45 minutes later, my thought of a workout was going to be useless at that point. When Marcelo gives you the you know, 45 minutes of complaints are coming after. I mean, oh, that's not nice. <laughs> no, Billy, I, he's a friend of mine. I like <laughs> Ryan Rosillo, but I have been on the receiving end of what Mike just described. And I'm telling you, what comes after is 45 minutes of just unbelievable. It's great, but you have to be in the right frame of mind, not at a gym. Okay. But that's what he does. I mean, Billy, there's not people you would avoid if you saw in the media. Like Tim Kirchin, I would run up to him and I'd give him a hug. But it's there are certain people, and Colin Cowherd is one of those for me. Where like, no, I'm on vacation, man. I don't need, I don't need a blazing five. Okay, I mean, I'm I'm still at the point where I assume that no one knows who I am, so I don't go up to people because like I true. don't think that these people will be familiar with who I am, and then it'll be weird. You know what I mean? Like I'll go be like, hey, how's it going? They'll be like, you want a picture? And then I'll be like, I guess, sure, yeah, let's let's take a picture. <laughs> I wish that you would have go, Joe, just like after that interaction texted ryan and just been like hey i'm sorry and i'll be like for what and you'd be like someone someone thinks you're out of shape now because they saw me and thought it was you like i, I apologize that i don't keep in better shape just yeah. people confuse us in the future No, because we're so i do would hate that one person thought he looked like just one person out there thought he was golic yes but you I, look great like you're in, in i agree great I, shape i'm in great shape relative to me but like Ryan's in so much better shape. Like that guy's lived yes. in the gym. I take a bunch yes. of breaks, college football season. I'm going down and sucking down whatever's in a press box at any stop I have along the way. So by the end of the season, like I'm a little more of like an out of shape blocking tight end than I am what Ryan is right now, which is like a decent off ball linebacker. So right. yeah, Almost Zach Thomas. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A lot of that great chest, real great bowling ball, by the way. Yeah. Well, oh, fire man. hydrant. Yeah. Zach Thomas is a fire hydrant. Are you kidding me? Zach Thomas is definitely a fire hydrant. Thank I don't you. I don't feel like he moves well enough to be considered a bowling ball. Like when you talked about right. MJD, like that's perfect. That's a perfect bowling ball. He might yeah, be the perfect sports bowling ball. Maybe Kirby Puckett. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I, I have a question for Too you. Too soon. Guts. Oh, God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I mean, why? Jesus. <laughs> you guys, I have a question for you as a as a former <laughs> college athlete. And I don't mean this to be insulting, but I, I I'm actually... uh, of the college athletes available to you, you're choosing me over Mike Golden Jr. <laughs> you're very specific for this because we have, you know, I'll just say Mike, you Mike, you, you did you do anything in college or no? Uh, I did not. I drank. Oh. Okay. Well, ah! we'll say you're a, a college drinker. So like we have people, I, I only did a year of track in college. Uh, Gojo did, you did four years of football, right? Or did you do extra time? Uh, I did five technically. It was on the five-year plan. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. So, so you guys, and I don't mean this to be as an, an insult, and I know it's going to come off that way, but I'm genuinely curious. At right. what point, how do I phrase this? At what point did you, I don't want to say did you give up, but at what point did you just stop, <laughs> like, 
working out, if that makes sense. Because, like, I'm not working out as much, and it's, like, catching up to me. And Gojo works out in the offseason. So, like, at what point in your, like, life and development, once you have kids and all that, do you just say, like, it, I'm I'm not going to the gym anymore. Like, we're well, are you saying this. in college or are you saying no, just in, your in life. life in general? No, in college, life. it was right after my sophomore season. I was top 10 in the country in scoring. It resulted in three wins for our team. And uh, we were three and eight. Uh, but I didn't care. I had a fucking great season. And that's all that matters. And I stopped right there. OK, now I so picked for two back- years. You just stopped working. You had the best season of uh, your life. And you decided to follow it up with, I'm just not going to try anymore for two Billy, years. if the best season of my life is going to result in three wins and us not making any sort of tournament, then what's the fucking points? I mean, seriously, I had the season. I made my point. I was good. Okay, I, I made my God. point. I was good. I made my point. I hope to God you weren't like a captain or something on this team. I was. Enough. That's. I wore the C my junior and senior year. I mean, the two years that you gave up, you were wearing a C. Yeah. What were your records? Coach didn't know years? I gave up, Billy. He didn't know. He thought it was. You were. Game. Oh, you were the original quiet quitter. <laughs> yeah. What What were your records those years? Oh, we were bad. Uh, we were bad, Billy. My first year was was our best year. My freshman year, I think we had five wins. So um, it, it coincides with the amount of effort you were putting in. You realize that, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, the the years I wore the C, I believe we had junior senior year. I believe I was we had a combined three wins. <laughs> but Billy, even without working out, I was putting up numbers. I mean, and that's what it's all about. <laughs> so you gave up in college is the answer. Well, I gave up in college. Then I started again. Okay, because you know, dating seed, all that. I was just trying to to you know. Yeah. Get in get better the, shape. Get the V-necks to fit a little tighter. Mm. Exactly right, Gojo. Yes. Uh, you sound experienced. <laughs> so um, uh, I would say I gave up. Hmm. Like right after we had kids. Like that was. Yeah. yeah it's life's over. I mean, <laughs> as you have said and stated, Billy, recently, what the fuck? <laughs> Stu Gotts just pulled up next to me in the third row uh, SUV. That's what yeah. that was. Yeah. Life, life is over. <laughs> <laughs> With a bong in my hands. <laughs> Boom. Money in the bank.